0: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Randomer Nintendo podcast. I am Angel, your host again, and I am joined by a Kevin somewhere in the world. Kevin?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm in Spain without the goddamn ass right now. <laughs> and we also have <laughs> Jason,
2: who's also I... somewhere. I don't have anything as witty as that, so, um, yep, <laughs> that's where I am, <laughs> somewhere yeah, not as witty. Not
0: 16. Oh um, my god! It's obviously not the name. Yeah, Kevin's unfortunately, oh wait, unfortunately suffering in Marble Snap right now. We've oh, been oh. There. At least we hope most of you have been
1: there. Never mind. He uh, launched a Magneto someone, into a wasp, so going from 12 power to 1 power, I'm okay. We're good, guys. Oh, so exactly. you're
2: no longer in Spain minus DS. You're now in uh I'm yeah. chilling now. This okay. is my first win. <laughs> three nothing. games.
1: Three or four games.
2: Oh, you're in Chile. So, I get it. You're now in Chile. You jumped the ocean because you're chill. Ha. It took me a minute and a half to come up with something witty, but I got there.
0: So, so I feel this is not gonna be really something. Jason. Actually maybe. Well, this is what I'm gonna ask anyway. But Kevin's um playing of Marvel Snap does bring something up that I decided lately. Um so I'm basically doing away with all the games on my phone. Kind of just like Cold Turkey, I guess. Wow. Even Snap. Term. Um it's basically Snap and Brawl Stars that are getting targeted.
1: Ooh, so God. the big hitters, the 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 the, 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 the the words that you play. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> Hearthstone hasn't been really in my rotation for a while. But mainly, yeah, I just wanted to remove the games from my phone. As much as I love them, as much as I love details to terms of detail and character in Brawl Stars, so I might still keep up with Brawl Stars loosely, maybe through YouTube because they still produce amazing animated shorts. Like Definitely check them out. Right, the very, If you're going to check out any Check out one with a robot named Rico and a vending machine. And there's another one before that that was really, really well animated. Um, well, they, they essentially do these like character videos, like Team Fortress used to do. Remember, like Meat Spy, Meat does, or Overwatch does do that as well. Um, essentially, and they do those as well, except they're less of a. Here's their backstory, and this is more like you know just. Sometimes it's a little skit, like in one of them it's just this, uh, I guess Southern Bell looking character making, making muffins that look like they're also grenades and then she leaves her house and just starts blowing people up. But it's animated in such a nice art style, With I mean, you could tell like they, it's a movie level animation, like the quality of the movement and the visuals also are pretty distinct as well. Anything to do anything in CG is kind of crazy. Just how much money's getting poured into these but then again i mean i guess these mobile games are very profitable because ray shadow legends as their ads keep letting me know it's celebrating their fourth <laughs> year and honestly like the budget say what you will with the game it doesn't look like it's my type of game just what based on what it looks like which I, and it also look, just looks like 90 percent of these other games that i've tried and just didn't click with like the ninja turtle one which is like the same kind of deal where you just have a little army and you beat up someone else Wow, tangents. I already forgot what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Ray Shadow Legends, 4th year anniversary. Yeah, they even their commercials, and they do seem to have a lot of money to put into these renders for these characters, because, yeah, some of them, like the skeleton dude, the details and just, like, how well he moves is pretty ridiculous for, like, just, like, any kind of commercial. Like, these commercials must cost a lot, just in the animation side alone Um, but yeah essentially I've just been trying to find ways just to streamline and reduce some of the chaos in my life and I've noticed that for a good maybe half a year I haven't even really used my Wani which is like my kanji learning app that I know Jason knows when I was using it often I was really using it now I don't really touch it and anytime i do kind of grab my phone just randomly it's always just to like put a a quick game of raw stars or marvel snap or just check the marvel snap store or something and and to be clear
2: just to chime in as the person that's been on the other side of this when he says he like grabs his phone and plays marvel snap or does some japanese in his japanese app it could be in the middle of a conversation it could be when we're driving somewhere it could be in a social setting a single setting it's any use of his phone, he dives right into that regardless of what's happening around him.
0: Yeah. I figured if I'm going to, and if I'm going to do anything on my phone,
2: just pointing it out.
0: I think for now, at least for the time being, I just wanted to only be productive in the, at least I can do the Japanese learning. I would much rather return to that. It's a shame too, because I've been enjoying Marble Snap a ton, but it's just, more of a distraction than a game I plan on, like, getting really, really good at. And Brawl Stars, I had just been playing that game for, I don't even know how many years at this point. That I love that the, dev, that the devs seem to really care and really listen to fan feedback. They've redesigned, remodeled so many characters. They've overhauled the system where pretty much it's, like, almost not even, like, a gotcha anymore. I don't know, it's... It's really interesting. I will try to find a video during this recording at some point and send a link to Jason just to kind of... Sh- it's just a video that kind of talks about how that app or how Brothers came to be and just to kind of give you like an insight into that game. Because even if you don't plan on playing it or haven't heard of it, it's pretty interesting. And it's one of the free-to-play models that I hope catches on more because, I mean, I love it. It's probably overall my favorite, I guess, mobile game? Yeah, I'll say that. Hearthstone was for, awesome, but I would say I like it more than Brawl Stars. I mean, I like Brawl Stars more than Hearthstone and Marvel Snap. For what it's worth. But, excuse I was going to say, for what it's
2: worth, I got some numbers to your point about how big the game industry, the mobile game industry must be. Uh, oh, its revenue shit. in 2022, according to the App Data Report, is $81.3 billion, with a B dollars. We freak out when one movie crosses $2 billion in its box office. The game industry is doing that 40 times a year in terms of revenue made. So it's it's very big. They can afford their fancy renders, yes.
0: Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. Well, then that means they're going to be fine without me. So they can survive for a couple of years. <laughs> Hearthstone, I had thought about, like, maybe I should just play again. But they're literally about to start another rotation, which would officially make me, like, two sets behind and this is the kind of rotation where it's the beginning of a new year. I think it's like the year of the wolf now. And what they do is that they change the three out of the six expansions that are out right now are going to get rotated out. So if there's ever a time to, you know, jump back in, it's basically now. So it's also the best time to jump out because, you know, once I miss out on this, Rotation when it's at its minimum and let it grow, then it'll eventually be, I guess, too different for me to get back into. It's almost like helping my cause. But, yeah, I don't know. Lately, I've just, when I play games, I guess I've lately been feeling, I've been left feeling, um, guilty, for lack of a better term. Unless I'm playing a game with someone else. Yeah, playing any kind of single player game or game that isn't actively playing with another person that I know has just left me feeling guilty. Or like, damn, I should be doing something else. Which is true because there is always something I could be working on. But at the same time, I kind of miss just being able to enjoy games casually. Which is probably why I still haven't played Richard Prime. I mean, beaten Richard Prime 4. Richard Prime remake, whatever. Remastered. No one's beaten 4 yet, I don't think. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I mean, do either of you have any games that you're like, or just, I don't know, anything that you're stopped doing recently, or maybe you're going to do it the other way around? You're like, I need to pick up another mobile game. I mean, you, Jason, you play a lot of passive mobile games. Yes. When I, think of, I do like passive mobile like mobile games. So. Like, oh, you played none of the ones that I would play, maybe like Marble Snap for those two weeks. But I honestly it was like can't three picture weeks, you, to be fair, and it was pretty fun. Yeah, but I can't picture you actually, like, you know, playing. A mobile game that would, that's more than just like checking the status of something or, yeah. I guess, doing like a quick mini game, which is like Pokemon is probably the most. Cause yeah, and
2: even Pokemon. that I don't do now, I just do Pikmin, which is significantly less uh time yeah. taken.
0: But it's funny because I will like go walk
2: because I need to get whatever thing in Pikmin. So, like, my gameplay is literally going on like two mile walks because I'm like, oh, I need to plant the flowers and get the four leaf clover Pikmin or whatever. Which is, I am playing the game, just not in a normal definition of playing. But yeah, no, I, I think for mobile games in general, I do prefer, like, the more... I, I, I think I was saying this before, but I, I prefer the more passive stuff on mobile. And i found that I'm enjoying shorter games more. Like, I had a really fun time just spending an evening. We talked about it last episode. Just spending an evening playing Super Mario Land 2 for the first time. Got through the whole thing in, like, one sitting. It was great. Like, this, like, bite-sized games trend that's kind of bubbling up and like some companies are starting there's like i forgot what publisher but there's a publisher who's like they're gonna make it their like mo to make small bite-sized games and some it's kind of these small experiences like that's very interesting to me the idea of like i don't remember if it was epic game store or steam but one of them like half a year a year was bang around the idea of listing uh completion times for the game borrowing and they might already have it borrowing from that one website that ties all that and then making a section of kind of like small bite games like that also is very intense like that's a selling point to me like i i think i've found that i like kind of contained short experiences a lot so i think if anything i'm moving more in the direction of that and of course there's exceptions um and i never beat my games anyway so it's not like i really you know put a ton of time into other games but like Knowing I can get from beginning to end in a shorter game, I think I am gravitating in that way. So it's kind of, I am trying to pick up more of that and it's exposing me to a lot of non-Nintendo stuff. I mean, I know I mentioned it many times on the show, but what remains of Vita Finch, like I was just like, whoa, like that was such a cool experience to me. I never, Nintendo's never put out anything like that. Like, you know, Sinar Wild Hearts, another cool experiences If very only bite-sized. you
0: had like a PS5 or a PC, man, there'd be so many games that Kevin and I could like recommend. I mean, to... even on
2: Switch, there's like 4,000 games. I mean, there's a lot of over. No, well, yeah.
0: I mean, Switch obviously has a ton of those games, which yeah. is great. And to also to that they're still getting more way. and more. But, you know, like, there's already a ton of others that we know are really good. Yeah. That are, you know, already exist. You,
2: you know what the that, other problem
0: that is? That I feel like, oh my God, Jason would love this, but no, he has to hate everything that is in Nintendo. I don't, though. That's what I'm saying. But you know what the other problem is? And this goes back to <laughs> you mentioned Metroid
2: Prime. And it's like you and I were kind of talking about this the other day casually. But you mentioned Metroid Prime. And in thinking about like high like Shore games, I'm at the point now where I don't know. I understand Metroid Prime is a remake. It's a very pretty re- or remaster. It's a very pretty remaster. I'm enjoying. It looks great on Switch OLED. I didn't mention that when we talked about it last time. But it looks really nice on that screen. I don't like that it's telling me I need to play until it decides I can save. I'm getting to the point in general that save points are just – I don't know. Like just – I understand a lot of console Switch as well have suspend states, right? And I think Xbox lets you suspend up to three or something. So that's a step in the right direction. But like I wanted to play – I wanted to do the Tetris 99 Maximus Cup over the weekend, which yes, they're still doing those. Yes, Tetris 99 is still awesome. Don't forget Exist anyone out there. It's a really fun game. But um, they did one for Fire Emblem. So I was going to play and I'm like, okay, yeah, I got like half an hour. I can power through that. And then I was like, oh wait. I still have my suspended Metroid Prime because I was like halfway through whatever that first or second environment is, like the deserty one is. Um and I was like, oh, okay. So I need to go do that. Chosen of with Jason. Come on. Yes, thank you, Chosen. Yeah. I need to do that. I need to find a save point. And I don't know how long that'll necessarily take. And only then do I now have time for Tetris. I kind of allowed in between other stuff I was doing. I get it worked out in the end, but like Can you imagine if a movie or a book – and I was saying this to you the other day, Angel, but can you imagine if a movie or a book, like, you're watching a movie and then you're like, oh, I need to come back to this later. And then it's like, actually, if you're going to come back to me later, if you're going to watch this, you're also going to have to watch the last 20 minutes again. Or, like, you're reading a book on Kindle and it, like, rewinds the pages back. If you stop, like, halfway through a chapter, it's like, no, 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 no. You need to make sure you read these 15 pages since when we decided you should stop. And it just feels like, I understand Metroid's a remake, so it's a little di- remastered, so it's a little different. But it just feels like this idea of, like, the game tells you when to start and stop. It feels very archaic now. Especially in this kind of era of, like... it.
0: De- I, I feel, depending on the genre, it makes a lot of sense. Because Alien Isolation, obviously a game much more recent than the original Metroid Prime, also used that same system had to run to these phones and like go through a whole little rigmarole mm-hmm. to actually like save the game because like the pause menu is like not even like paused in real time like everything is always going in real time mm-hmm. so if you're going to save you know you hurry the heck up but you know for those kind of games and I guess Metroid to a lesser extent maybe just because it's obviously felt easier since when I first played it when I was 11 but you know because you're supposed to survive in these environments like the whole, I guess, concept is supposed to give you anxiety or just make you, you know, strategize. Like, okay, like I'm losing health. I can either go back to the safe point I was just at, so I don't lose my crop progress, or you know, you could gamble it for lack of a better term. Right, and you know, add, add some stakes to it. But that being said, though, I while well, I do understand that it could add tension and immersion to your gaming experience, like it does need Alien Isolation, and obviously makes saving stressful. But I think they should have handled it, you know, for modern gaming. Because, you know, even if I want to play this way, you know, sometimes time just doesn't allow me to. And sometimes I can't just have a game suspended and I need to play some Smash Brothers in between with other people. Like, sometimes you need, like, an option to quick save or something. And maybe that's possible. But at the very least, we know games that used to support this because, you know, back in the day, I guess is how it was like Resident Evil 2, you had to get ink ink ribbons in order to save. And that was a limited resource. So in theory, and on top of the fact that you had to find a typewriter as well. So you have like a save room on top of like... A save um, resource. Like a, yeah. yeah, a save yeah. resource. So that's already like adding another layer of stress that you definitely don't need. But point is, when they remade that game in, I don't know, three, four years ago? It wasn't that long ago, right? It might have been a but-
1: Two? RE2? RE2? 2 oh. Re, Might have been two years ago. R, RE2 Remake? That's got to be like three or four years ago. Okay, I'm
2: totally off. Time is, I don't know what time is anymore. You reach an age um, where you realize everything's just cyclical. Fact check it, like, F- Okay. But as well, I say, you reach an age where everything's cyclical and like, the last Mario Kart came so out over 10 years, years ago. It doesn't feel like it though. Yeah, that's
0: four years ago. Yeah, that feels right because I don't think I was a Santa Monica yet when that one came out. I was definitely for re three. That one was probably two years ago, or one oh, year. Oh, I think it three. re yeah, three was like three a happened. year
2: or two after. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I forgot uh, they did three in the well.
0: Middle. More like the first one. Well, point is, on regular difficulties and below, you still need to go to the typewriter to save, but you can, you know, just save as many times as you want. There's no limited resource or anything, and the ink ribbon was saved for the hardest difficulty. So, you know, you could play click mode, you could have the challenge, but, you know, those that just don't have the time, I mean, yeah. And and to point out... They shouldn't be punished for life. Yeah, Um, and to
2: point out, like, obviously some games you can't do this. You can't save mid-online match. You can't save, like, mid-Mario Kart race. Like, some of those don't make sense, but you know the time it will take to finish approximately. Like, it's always going to be, okay, you're in a race, it'll be like two minutes. You're in a Fortnite battle, it'll be however long the time is in a Fortnite battle. Like, you have some sense so you can pace. With something where it's more exploratory like Metroid, you can maybe ballpark, but you don't necessarily have you can't pace in the same way because that's part of the 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 exploration of the whole game. is they're not always like oh every 20 minutes
0: you'll find a save room Guaranteed. Like that's kind of you know I would say like there are there. they are I don't want to say super close to each other, but you can usually get to one from one to another in, like, to, yeah minutes. it's a too much effort but it's yeah. just
2: like in concept. It's just in don't know. Oh no, yeah, it, yeah Oh seems yeah, like, yeah. understand seems really... the time. Some of the technical limitations that made it so you can't just quick save anywhere or you can't, you know, like even like if you look at like Zelda games, like it used to be you could save anywhere, but then you start at the start of the dungeon, or you could save anywhere, but then this and the next thing. Now like Breath of the Wild and Pride Tears of the Kingdom, you save in the overworld, you're plopped exactly in the spot that you left off, basically. Or in the same little like nook of the area. Like it's not
0: like it used to, like those progress. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess yeah. that it depends on how many things they have active, but Yeah, I mean they definitely could add something. And, you know, will they make it a better game? You'll definitely get a lot of people complaining that the people that beat it that way aren't the true. But, you know, I think that's at some the point other, how many f- – That's the
2: other thing. It's like who ca- – do people complain no, yeah, like, that like, you don't no, – No, but like like the gatekeeperiness of it. Like are oh, you no, people yeah, that's a, yeah. well, you didn't watch 2001 with the a Space Odyssey in the dark. So you don't know what it was actually like to be in space with Dave. Like that – No. <laughs> Like no, yeah, I, th- they I always... think gaming needs to get over that hump. It's a, such a mainstream. We just talked about eighty-one billion dollars for mobile games alone. Like it's so mainstream. No, yeah, they... idea is... yeah, we're past that. I feel like as yeah, if, someone, if
0: someone else's enjoyment of something is actually impacting yours, then there's something that you need to rethink. That's yeah, yeah. Basically, it. And I know you aren't um,
2: suggesting it's valid. You're just saying people will say it, but yeah,
0: no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. More, more than just anything, but yeah, you're obviously going to get the people that complain that they didn't truly beat it. Obviously, you know, it just becomes, I guess we'll call bragging rights for lack of a better term. It's just like, oh, well, I beat it like this. But, you know, they still get it. You know what's a great workaround for that?
2: Achievements and trophies and if Nintendo ever, Nintendo missions, I guess. Exactly. Where, like, maybe you get a special Which are, well, I guess not Nintendo
0: sometimes. Well, Nintendo has
2: missions now with, you know, you can customize your Switch uh, profile icon by doing certain things that unlock certain things. Oh, Oh, there you go. Yeah, like do yeah. that. Like, hey, did you speed run Metroid? Cool, you get like
0: uh super slick honestly, more that's icon. Like, then that's you cool. don't even have to say, yeah, you don't even have to say anything, and then it's just like, oh, well, they have the phase on Samus suit. That means they beat it in the hardest. Yeah, and then and, like you're not like time. holding back people who need their pacing, but you're
2: letting the people who yeah. want the like fuller experience to get. And by the way, props yeah. to Nintendo. We Point never is, talked about missions and rewards are basically their achievement system. And it's really clever how it's in the profile. So yeah, yeah which is really that's cool. cool.
0: Yeah, but, yeah, essentially, just, the, how you want. I forgot what I was going to say. Blah, blah, blah. Why did I even bring up? We still need to ask Kevin.
2: Kevin, hi. You're still here. Are you dropping, in, in Angel fashion, are you dropping anything, or in Jason fashion, are you picking up any specific type of game? Like, how, what's going on with you?
1: Uh, no, like, right now, I'm sort of like in a, my, my work schedule is so crazy. Like currently that <clears throat> coming home like late at night is the and play like a few rounds of snap is the only way that I can enjoy gaming right now um like I started the dead space remake, got a few chapters in, and then I had to drop it like Resident Evil four remake just came out, and mm-hmm. apparently it's fantastic, and I just I don't know when I'm gonna have time to enjoy that so. Just my schedule is just very, very front loaded right now, right? Or right. just loaded. Which for, every,
2: which for everyone listening is part of the reason that you may be now noticing we posted this on a Tuesday instead of a Sunday. It's all of us got busy over the
1: weekend, but yeah. yeah so, so yeah. it is what it is. Um, but yeah, like Snap is just like the perfect bite sized game for me to just get a few matches in. I mean, like every now and then I'll play Apex Legends with the boys, but sometimes that's time consuming and sometimes i have to wake up early the next day so All right yeah just I, I
2: i was gonna say to your point about snap that is something i really enjoyed in the time that I spent with it. obviously i didn't get as heavily invested as you did or angel definitely not as you since you're now quitting the game cold turkey but um no definitely the fact that like you can go in and know a match will take like two three minutes tops is to my point about bite-sized games that's amazing it made it really easy to just pick up here and there for a few minutes and then i found myself of course playing for two straight hours but still like i it, it's definitely a selling point of the game i think
0: it definitely is but you didn't let me finish my thought it's okay let him finish his your thoughts? thoughts
2: wait i didn't even yeah, hear we... a thought what thought well because
0: i was starting it and then we jumped to kevin but that's okay though
2: oh okay. i'm sorry i just didn't want kevin to feel <laughs> excluded <laughs>
0: I don't know. I, I, I was just um actually just gonna ask you, like how many Fire Emblem games basically because of the whole difficulty thing that we were talking about, um, okay. and how does it doesn't even matter anymore. Um, like how many games did it take for fans from Fire Emblem to like stop complaining about the fact that you know, people are playing the game on easy because now characters aren't dead forever? Because that was like the first like hurdle that's like, oh, that's the difference between someone playing a true Fire Emblem experience versus I don't know. You know because I know, like, I definitely heard a lot of both on that. Obviously, when Awakening came out, because that's when they first introduced that. But See, I think it was still like an option. It was like uh, you could play with it on or you could play with it off. But I think the fact that it was even an option was like blasphemy. I and I want to like... say, like, and I want to say, like, even off by default, at, like on the modifier emblems. I think Engage might actually have it.
2: On by default, the revive characters. I might be wrong. but like, I feel like Exactly, dub- but the fact that that's the norm
0: now, it's like. Oh,
2: oh know, I, I, I thought you meant come. the norm was going back to turning off the revivals. Um, oh,
0: no, yeah. More than just that, like, you know, it's accepted even in these other games and the people that did complain. Because I don't hear. Oh, well, I don't know. Really
2: I, I think, think the, the like, anymore. if you want to call it gatekeeping, for lack of a better term, around that is a double edged sword, which, by the way, would be a great Fire Emblem si- subtitle, Fire Emblem Double Edged Sword. But um, I think. I think it's a double-edged sword because um, that game was the cusp of the series basically flaming out in the West. If Awakening didn't take off, Nintendo said this before, developers said this before, the franchise would be dead in the West. And I think as much as Fire Emblem fans – I certainly remember the discourse around that time being like as much as they were like, oh, well, they're you know doing this and taking away that and mar and making it more friendly. I think there was some level of understanding that like they're doing this because like the games are getting fewer and fewer, farther and farther between. Like, they're coming out less frequently, they're not performing as well, and, like, the fans kind of knew this was make or break. So if it requires dropping that barrier of entry, at least they can turn it back on and still have their game. So I think it's a little different than if you take, like, I don't know, a much bigger franchise that's more established and and sort of make that same proposition of making it easier for the non-true
0: fans or whatever. Damn. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, I guess not good in that sense but yeah so because i'm terrible with transitions uh um, we we're <laughs> still talking about nintendo actually we haven't even started with our our handy dandy list here so i'm actually gonna just pick one randomly is that okay um kevin no this is there, I, a, it random or nintendo it? oh okay it's in the well, name. Makes sense. all right so um we're just gonna pick the third one from the top that is oh the Mandalorian, first half of the season. Okay, okay. That's me. Is anyone else watching? I do see a note that tied to Last of Us. Yes, so I made, made a cut co- I know we're going to talk, right so <laughs> talk about Us. So, have to talk about the Last of Us first?
2: It it could go either way. The The thing I find interesting is, like, the two sides of the, of the same coin, almost, between some of what Last of Us is doing and what some of Mandalorian is doing. So, do you guys want me to – it might be easier to talk about Last of Us first. Should we talk about Last of Us first, and then I'll – Bring up my Mandalorian point.
0: Well, what a twist! We didn't even end up on the one that I have said because so... it's truly it, yeah, randomer. Yeah, exactly, it's not just randomly
2: yeah. choosing; you have to randomize it on top of that, and then I start talking about a different topic entirely from what you said. That's how you get random yes. Nintendo.
0: So Last of Us, the very very divisive <laughs> show that um, yeah, so Did people either love it or, that or hate it. it. I, I don't think so. I think it's mostly beloved. Um, I just I do know some people that didn't like it or were very didn't really agree with some of the choices or some of the things they cut which i argue aren't that big a deal which kind of but you know we, we'll, we could get into that later i'm very curious what
2: you guys thought so to sort of set up that question um for me, I thought the first half of Last of Us was incredibly strong with the world building and obviously the the bottle episode of sorts with um uh, uh Nick Offerman's character who's name i for gang and his husband like that was great Bill. like it was really good. yes, thank you um and then I feel like in the and I really enjoyed the show overall, but I feel like in the back half they started kind of sort of sped up, kind of felt a little more rushed. I feel like um they like the a little and maybe this was a reflection of the character. Uh, but it feels like they got a little less cautious as they became closer. Like I feel like you know, like like um, I feel like uh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm blanking on everyone's names all of a sudden.
0: Pedro Pascal's
2: character and Bella Ramsey's character. (laughs) Why am I suddenly drawing a blank? John Ellie. Thank you. Wow, I was gonna say John and like Elliot, which was almost there. But yeah, um, yeah, I feel like as those two got closer. And this might be by design, but they got more reckless in what they were doing as a way to speed up the plot. Like he got stabbed because he wasn't like watching his back. Like there's a lot of stuff that felt like it's very – like they started speeding it up just to hit plot points. And what I'm really curious about and light spoilers as we – obviously spoilers. as we get into the finale here. What I'm really curious about is how did – should have did, played
0: it out like in the game.
2: Fall that's what I was going to say. One. How in the game <laughs> – this is why I'm curious what you guys think. How in the game did they pace that? Because I imagine especially the final episode, the sort of killing spree he goes on. Um, that was kind of like, oh, what's he doing? Oh, why is he – oh, moral quandary. Why is he doing that? But I imagine if you had to play through that in the game, the emotional like hit of experiencing that had to have been significantly stronger than just seeing it. you the flamethrower on, TV, on right? all the doctors. Well, OK. I don't know if it was the emotional hit I was thinking. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> but that is an emotional hit. Uh, <laughs> did I, I, I didn't care. I, I used the flamethrower. You That's know. interesting, yeah. Okay, because, like, watching it, I was very much like, I feel like this, like, if you had to play through this and be like, oh, I'm, like, torching doctors, <laughs> I feel like that would, I don't know, perhaps way heavier. Because the finale, for me, in particular, felt, it felt kind of like every episode did a really good job of giving you closure to some extent or giving you some sort of cathartic release, especially, like, the episode before that. Um, And then that one, by design, I'm sure, just kind of left you hanging of, like, oh, where do you, you know, all this bad stuff happens and you have this kind of, like, moral reminding at the end reminder of it at the end of like oh yeah like they they did the right thing like things are good they'll be okay like and this last episode didn't which obviously is probably by design to leave you lingering until next season but i just curious if playing it it sounds like not really um if as you were playing it that sort of moral ambiguity like if you had a different sense than just watching it but it sounds like you guys just kind of torched through the whole thing so maybe not
0: i mean i wouldn't say there was more ambiguity because i mean you know, because we are playing it, because we are Joel for this, like, 40-plus-hour adventure compared to, like, an eight-hour television show. Yeah. Um, Like, we already knew, well, at least, like, you know, like, in my case, I'm like, oh, like, I'm saving Ellie. So I don't know. I mean, I guess I kind of made the choice easier, but obviously, you know, the fact that I had to think about it that way, and then, you know, you don't think about, I guess, the pros and the cons or the consequences and, I mean,
2: well, that I know like it itself that way, is kind of interesting, though, because basically, because you had so much more time for that relationship to sort of grow between Ellie and Joel, it was a natural. It choice. was a no brainer. It sounds. It was just like, oh yeah, that they're the bad guys. You save her. But in the show, I feel like because it was moving at such a quicker pace, and somewhat again, I think by design, they left it a little more like, is Joel in the right? Like every episode was very much like at the end, like Joel and Ellie are okay. They did the right thing. You know, the guy um, in the second to last episode that wanted to join his cult, like. She took care of that. That made sense. You're like, yeah, go her. But then, like, you know, Joel comes busting in to save her. And it's like, yeah, he should save her. That makes sense. But then the next episode, it's like, is he saving her for the right reason? It seemed maybe? I don't know. Like, that – like, just the parallel of those two. I feel like because the show is just, you know, 8, 10 hours. But the game is 40. That probably did for TV. Yeah, but I mean yeah, – It's very they, different. Yeah.
0: I mean, the show makes it obvious, like, when it has all these jump cuts, like – Many months mm-hmm. later, blah, blah, months later. Because obviously in the game, you don't go through all that. You don't go through any time. Well, there is a time skip, but it's after because of the whole stabbing and like the rebar. But yeah. um the, the yeah, way that
1: so that, th- that Joel gets hurt in the game is very different from how he gets hurt in the TV show. Does it make oh, more did, sense? Did we say spoilers at the top of this? I did very
2: briefly in passing. Yeah. After I said he was stabbed, I, I mean, I way, mean we're going to go like full spoilers <laughs> of the
1: game at that point too. I, yeah. Uh, I think we could do say Does spoilers. it make more sense? I, it makes like sense show, how he got stabbed. Like, well, I feel uh, like in the show, like, how, he how was could, so – this is what I was trying it. to say
2: and I didn't express it well. But I feel like in the show, and maybe it's because he got closer to Ellie and they were showing their relationship, like, kind of – they were kind of closer to so getting getting, They were putting their guard down. But they put their guard down with, like, their surroundings too. Like, they were, like, casually sauntering through that um, – University campus. Oh sure. And then he just kind of got casually scat- stabbed, and he like didn't seem to like. It almost felt like, like it, it wasn't dug the into same a deeper Joel. layer
0: that, that was intended. What?
2: I dug into, or they dug uh, into? <laughs> I
1: don't
2: know, because like when, when Rachel and I were watching, we we're both like they're not really paying attention to their surroundings at all anymore. Like they're just kind of sauntering around, and then oh, he got stabbed. Well, like, yeah, I, know, I mean, like...
1: so in the game, they are sauntering into that college town.
2: Okay, so it's the same saunter. But, okay, so
1: but instead of just, like, some guy coming out of nowhere, like, in an in open field, he yeah. is tackled over, like, from a... Like, an a window or something, like another floor. From, like, a, another floor, and he falls onto rebar. That's sticking out of the ground. That makes more sense. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I love the show, but, just, it's
2: like, the first half versus the second half, the pacing felt pretty different to me. And that, maybe that's just going yeah. to you to know, catch back up to 40 hours of gameplay and get Yeah, through I'm sure it's because they have
0: to cut stuff. Because, like, yeah. even in the. Um, like, you know, when Ellie goes to. I guess it's stuck with that man waiting for the medicine. Like, yeah, because she probably yeah, the deer. the
1: uh, cult leader. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, a, like, there's a whole yep. scene that was cut out pretty much right before that.
0: Yeah. And this is like, the one where people had, like, some issues. Because, actually, before and during. Because, um. Basically, while you're waiting, you end up getting attacked by a bunch of, you know, infected for a while. So you have to basically work together with him. It's almost like developing, like, you know, a bond with this character. And then, you know, then you get the little twist. It's like, oh, we know who you are this whole time. Right. And, you know, I guess I guess I, I could go either way on this one. Like The way that part was paced in the show, I felt like, oh, okay, you didn't need them to fight a whole horde of people. But, I mean, I guess I could see how it could still add. Yeah, I mean, with that
1: in specific, the outcome conditions. is still the same, right? Like, Yeah,
0: exactly. The other one that people have pointed out that I'm like, uh, I don't really have a good answer for it, outside of like, they just wrote that part out, but in the game, um, Ellie, well, actually also in the show because they do have a line mentioning this, um, that Ellie can't swim, like, to the point that she's basically a falling rock. And multiple times throughout the game, like, There's usually some water puzzle, or you have to cross like a torrential current, and you have to figure out a way to basically get her across without having making her swim in any way. And there's even a part, I think actually it's when they were escaping the town where that little kid that got infected that they also fall into like a river from like the top of somewhere. But you know, all water hazards have been removed, and people were arguing that. By removing those, you're kind of removing like a constant reminder that this journey is impossible without Joel. Because that's kind of what those games, those mini games were supposed to portray. That she can still be like a sitting duck with no way to pretend to defend herself. But that she seemed pretty capable in the series. Or at least the series made it seem like she would probably still survive without Joel. But I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. It's like I don't the removal of her fearing water is a factor. Actually was I mean... a factor.
2: I understand – I think there's some logic to, you know, if she can't be killed by the uh, infected, right, then what's her, like, risk factor? So I get that. But at the same time, I don't think – we watched even in, you know, just the show obviously. We watched her sort of build up the skill set to get to the point where she was able to take care of Joel.
0: Yeah, that's why I felt like – So I don't know if the water hazard itself – Yeah, I don't know. And I I feel, given your reaction, coming from you, someone that hadn't played the game, still felt that, like, oh, no, she seemed like she developed a fair and square, or, like... But I guess the whole point, I guess, is that they want dependency on Joel portrayed by Ellie. Or, I guess, more so. Right. Which which, which I
2: I can get. I understand that. But, like, if you look at, like, how she reacted... When they were scrambling uh, the town with the with the little boy and his brother, I'm forgetting their names, that had the large infected guy sort of crash it at the end. Um, the way she was like not really holding her own there versus three episodes later, whatever time jump where she's basically running the show because Joel's out of commission. That to me shows some growth, yeah. Now, maybe it's too yeah. much growth to these people's point, <laughs> but but knowing roughly what happens yeah, in too much Part character 2, that too much.
1: Uh, and I kind of see why they needed the growth they did in the game. Really well, yeah. so <laughs> what the game does is it goes through, like, an entire year, right? So it starts mm-hmm. off, I guess, fall, then it goes on to winter, then spring, then summer. And so you get those title cards whenever that happens. I don't think we got one. In between them getting ambushed at the college and then winter,
2: no, there was nothing. I think that's. It was, I think I that's think why I said like three months later or something, and I was did a, it, yeah, or however many months. But then it didn't. It didn't um, I don't know. I don't remember actually because I think that <laughs> might
1: be the biggest part of it that we're not really getting that. Oh shit, you know, it, this has jumped a couple of a couple of months. That that's yeah. why there,
2: there was definitely a time jump at some point that they called out. But Yeah, I don't know. It's just like I feel they could have benefited from an extra episode or two, maybe. I don't know what they would have done in it per se. <laughs> but it just seems no, like they yeah, started really they... just going plot they really just started hitting plot points by the back third. Like they weren't like developing, it was just plot points. They got her skill set up until he got after he got stabbed, and that's just like boom, 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 done.
1: Well, I think you feel more development for these characters. Uh Obviously, because you're playing along with them in the game, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. So, of course, that's not going to translate to TV that well, because if you think about, if and this is my opinion, mm-hmm. but the second half of the game definitely has much less uh, plot development or character development mm. than uh, okay. uh, than the first half. So, I think fixing that with you know the pace of a TV show is probably why. The show felt that the way, way. that
2: – yeah, the way that it does. Because they were very true to a lot of the game from what I picked up on at least, um, like shot for shot, dialogue for dialogue, the giraffe. Like there's a lot of stuff that was very true to a game that already had a very cinematic flair to it. So if they were still trying to match the pace of the game in that same earnestness, I could see how if the back half was as plot developed, the show would fall into that same sort of situation. Yeah. yeah, that makes some sense. Yeah. Um, I still really enjoyed it. I'm nitpicking because I like it so much. Like if I didn't care for it, I wouldn't have this many thoughts. of like, whatever. So I am very excited for part two or season two or whatever. Um, how do you guys feel about the amount of infected in the show, though? Because I know that's been a flashpoint. And now the creators are coming out like, oh, we'll have more in season two. Did it bother it you? That, bother that one, yeah, it didn't bother me at all. I just thought of it as like a human drama in a post-apocalyptic world. And the Bill episode really sealed that yeah. for me. That's well, the first
1: of I thought show. about it. It's well, like... yeah. What bothered me at the end of the day was that they went out of their way to talk about how the infected work only for them to not really do anything with the infected. Right. With with the exception of of the second episode where where they accidentally step on like a twig and then the rest... Because in the the show, they work sort of as a hive mind instead of like independent infected. Mm -hmm. So if one infected gets alerted, then the roots that infected those other people, uh, trigger the rest of the infected. Um, and so that's really only used in that second episode. Um, and they changed it from people getting infected by uh, spores, which makes sense. You know, you, you're, you you do not want your stars to be covered in a, in a, uh, face mask for yeah. the duration of the show. But at the same time, you did nothing with it. So what? So at the end of the day, what does it matter if you change it from spores to tendrils? You know,
2: right? And they've sort of alluded, if I'm not mistaken, that they might also bring back spores in some way in future seasons, right? I feel like I read that somewhere. I like feel like, like they. Oh, I feel
1: feel like they might as well just recut it at that point because, like, the tendril stuff, it didn't matter at the end. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I was totally okay, and especially in contrast to a show like Walking Dead or any of the other, you know, kind of post apocalyptic shows. If you do like the, the, let's say, the more alien stuff with something like TNT's Falling Skies back in the day, like I'm, I'm very on board with this being more focused on how humans are navigating it than how, and obviously Walking Dead has that, but there are a lot more zombies in Walking Dead than there were here, and I was fine with that. But you do make a good point that they put in all this effort to explain this and show the kind of the cool capabilities, cool using loosely here, but you know the cool capabilities of the infected, uh, only to then have hive mind matter once and every other time they're plucking them off one by one independently with no real connection yeah i, I, yeah. I, I get what you're saying it's yeah.
0: funny because every time they did like shoot one or kill one like in the back of my head it's always like oh are the other ones coming
2: and that, no. and that was the other thing is like kind of going back to my point but it feels like as it got on as it went on it got more like lax is like you know there's this huge kind of what you're saying Kevin, there's this huge threat of oh they're a high mind they can all work together and they're like, okay, we got the one. Anyway, let's go find some food. Okay, and wander away reading your book of puns and, like, shouting them out and laughing and no big deal. It's like, where are the other ones that you told us would be a problem? So, but again, as a human drama, I, I did enjoy it, even if it's sped up a little in the back half. But um, it was just cool to see a video game get that treatment like that and become, like, the zeitgeisty show and, like, the adaptation to watch, whether or not, you know, I mean, I... People that never care about video games at all that I know, you know, like parents and that sort of thing, were like all about it. Like it was, it was actually kind of cool to see it like transcend like that.
1: Season two is going to be very
2: interesting. From everything that they say, do uh, you think they're splitting the second game in two? They're kind of hinting they might. Do you think it's going to happen based on what you know about? The I think
1: game? it. I think I tweeted this exact thing where. Spoiler. Uh, I don't know if this should be considered. Uh, yeah, it's a spoiler, I guess. I, I I won't say it. But yes, there is a plot element in Last of Us Two that will lend itself real well to to two seasons, or at least a split mm. season two.
2: Because there is. I don't know if
1: you agree with me angel. Oh, I agree. I I could totally feel them going in that direction. The the thing that that. What it has to think about as a Last of Us 2 fan is exactly how they split the season. Um, because if they go one route, fans of season one won't be happy. But if you go the same route that they went with Last of Us Part two, then you have the video game fans that aren't going to be happy. So it'll be really interesting to see how, how season two plays out. I'm intrigued. (laughs) <laughs> that's all I'll say I'm intrigued
2: I do know there's another major character that that's not really bar. I just know there is another major character so maybe that's what you're talking about but yeah that's yeah, exactly that's, what I'm talking about. who knows? Yeah. oh Angel's haunted now <laughs> a ghost is guessing um, but yeah no I think it It, yeah I, I enjoyed the show overall but definitely the pacing felt kind of front and front loaded like you were saying Kevin which I, I don't know is there anything else you guys want to touch on with Last of Us because that is what what the connection to Mandalorian was for me was pacing
0: well that, well that is the last of uh i need to say that
2: anything that's the last of it there okay <laughs> that wow that that the lack of confidence in delivering that wordplay really really held it back um no i was gonna say that uh that's the thing that with mandalorian that's been kind of interesting why i want to talk about last of us first is so everything i'm saying about last of us about how it started really strong and the pacing was really good and that kind of like Fizzled out and how it's very video gamey, but like not, you know, like they're staying true to the game, but they're actually being more cinematic. Now, take everything I just said and flip it. So you have Mandalorian season three. We're halfway through as of this past week. Um, It's pacing all over the place in the first half, but seems to be maybe have a back half that will make sense. And is the most somehow not a video game, but feels just like a video game show. Like not like Simak like like Last of Us is a game that feels like a movie. Mandalorian is a show that feels like a game. Like everything feels like a side quest, a fetch quest, or like a cutscene with some NPCs you'll never see again. It's really bizarre, but the like and that's how it was for season one. Season I don't know.
0: Have you guys watched much Mandalorian at all? Any of them? Um, I have not because the final episode has not aired yet. So. Probably oh, never probably
2: will. They don't even have a roadmap. It. They're just doing it till the money. I have
0: that up, because okay. it is no the worse. the last episode of the season. Fair. I mean,
2: oh, the season. I, went... I meant the show. I was like, wow, okay, you're never no, watching, but um, but no, but like season one. Have season... you seen Angel? Yeah. Okay, so it's always been a little video gamey, right? Like it was kind of a monster of the week. There'd always be like a new quest with new characters, and you go do it, and then he literally upgrades his armor, like he's Samus or something, after every so often of events. Uh, yeah, so that's always been here. there. Yes, but. This one, like, it's getting a little better with each episode, but I swear the first episode feels like one of those compilations you watch on YouTube of, like, an open-world RPG where you just kind of, like, jump around and, like, the cutscenes don't connect. But, like, there's gameplay between them that you should be playing, but if you're just watching the compilation on YouTube, it's just, like, a weird hodgepodge. Like, it was bizarre, (laughs) and it's starting to kind of, sort of, maybe find its footing, but, like, it's the most gamey, non-game-based thing I've seen and it's just so funny to be watching that right after the most true-to-a-video game adaptation probably that there's been, which also feels nothing like really a video game because it's so cinematic to begin with in Last of Us. But, um, yeah, I don't know where they're going with Mandalorian, but I'm a little concerned? Confused? I'm not sure what. They are leaning in on the video game thing a lot more. They have like a straight-up Star Fox sequence in the first – episode or two i think it's the first episode and then they have like a borderline like metroid exploring empty caverns of a planet sequence and then they have like a uh oh, what was the third one there's another one that i was watching I'm like oh my god this feels like a video game i forgot what it was but basically like they're leaning all the way in on it to mix results but it's, it's just interesting to have a flagship show like the mandalorian which is disney plus's flagship show let's be honest it's the show and it's just sort of – I don't even want to call it spinning its wheels. It's just not – I don't know where it's going, which when you're halfway through a season to not have any idea what exactly they're trying to do, it's weird. So in the same way that halfway through or like three episodes into the Last of Us, I was like, oh, my God, the show's amazing. And then as the rest of the season developed, I'm like, OK, it's great. Maybe Amazing was strong. It's great. This one, I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And I'm kind of hoping in these last few episodes coming up, maybe it will make sense. But it's just such a weird thing to be watching a show and have absolutely no idea what exactly they're trying to do. So that's all I wanted to say about Mandalorian. But I had to bring – we had to talk about Last of Us first. So I could do the contrast essentially. Um, I am going perfect. to a panel for it on Friday for Paley Fest with the Paley Center. Um, maybe they'll explain the plot there. I don't know. But I'm just hoping to see an animatronic Grogu on stage, which I don't think is going to happen. But I could hope. Um but I'll be sure to say hi to Pedro Pascal for you guys if, I, if he's there. So –
0: well, speaking of Pedro Pascal, we almost, maybe, possibly saw him two weeks ago when we were at Disneyland. Well, do you mean him or just someone dressed in a Mandalor,
2: or uh, yeah, in a Mandalorian like outfit? No, I, I actually him dressed him. Up as the Mandalorian. Oh yeah. right, yeah. We had a theory, of course, that what better way to promote the Mandalorian than that Pedro Pascal spend all day in a suit where it could be anyone, but they know and he knows it's sure. him.
0: Yeah, like he'll only poke his head out once. There'll be like that one straight picture that will hit the internet, and yeah. I mean, I mean they've done that. They had Josh banks. Gad um run the Jungle Cruise,
2: and then they did like a two minute video.
0: Yeah, they also had Johnny so Depp appear in before. the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Right,
2: right, exactly. So, so you never know. So if anything, he wasn't is, there when we were there. So if
0: anything, it probably was true. It's a good chance, it yeah. Was true.
2: Well, if he was, if he was outside, but it was raining, so the Mandalorian and his busker armor or whatever couldn't handle the rain, so they kept him inside. So.
0: Uh, well, the point is, in Disneyland, we spent a decent amount of time in Toontown. And actually, we oh, did. no, I guess that was me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because, yeah sorry, bad. because they have a new ride. The Mickey's Runaway Railway. I want to say so that's what it was called.
2: That Mickey and Minnie's. The Runaway genders railway. are equal. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Ah, uh, okay. Which is a new, yeah, Dark
0: ride? I think that's their term. It's like an old school dark ride, but modernized, which is kind of cool. Yeah. A amazing showcase of like projection technology. Just super cool. So, you know, the colors are vibrant. The world just looks crazy all without glasses or anything. I don't know. It's just a very fun, quick and immersive ride. Like basically what I wish Mark had committed to, like, you know, one or the other. But, you know, we already talked enough about that. But otherwise... Well, yeah. if you want to draw the comparison, I have some thoughts there.
2: But we should maybe... Let's describe the ride. And I I, have, I do have a comparison I want to make because it's weirdly similar, the two of them, in many ways. I'll allow but... It. Oh, should I just say... Do we want to explain the ride first? That like kind of what happens? <laughs> oh.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, you just... You're on a train, you know, um, the railway. And... You're basically on the track, and essentially the train falls apart, and you're just spinning through different colorful cartoony worlds where everything around you is projected and animated to look like you jumped into a cartoon, essentially. Yeah. And you- the, oh, that was the same. the projections literally go everywhere the floor, the walls. Just not the, ce- the ceiling. But, they
2: use a technique yeah. you may be familiar with out there, listeners, and maybe Kevin you as well, called projection mapping. Where basically they're able to perfectly map these these animations and projections onto shapes of all sizes, uh, uh, and shapes, and basically like you know you have Mickey's head, and his head can be a full projection animation of an animated Mickey face. That only projects onto that shape and projects correctly and looks like it comes to life. Nintendo does the same stuff with Universal at the Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge ride. Um, Water, clouds, swamps, all those have like animated faces, the exact shape of the physical object, but it's digitally animated. So you may may have seen it, like if you ever see those building projections where they like do like snow falling on a building or like some sort of laser light show and like the building has like animations on, it or like those videos from europe of like cathedrals with like fancy like butterfly animations flying around and they're somehow perfectly mapped to just the building and they don't go beyond the building it's that but like super souped up version of that technology that they're using both uh. at mario kart and more so at um, mickey's run no way railway
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah kind of tricky to say huh
2: it is it is
0: Yeah, well, Toontown, uh, what else? I mean, they had a new fountain. Honestly, I couldn't really tell much that was new or different outside of the fountain and the ride itself, obviously. I got a big one. I got a
2: big one. The Hills. The Hills. Not the reality show from 10 years ago. Um, So, (laughs) this guy sounds stupid, but. So, if you look at the hills of Toontown, they're these nice multi-layered textured cartoony hills and if you go to nintendo world and you look at the hills of nintendo world they're also nice cartoony textured hills the difference is disney's are seamless and nintendo worlds you can actually see where the individual pieces of board that make up the backdrop are like you can see the seams, and that sounds really silly but it really jumped out at me <laughs> so i feel like i have to point out yeah. but it, it is interesting though that within a month roughly Disney and Universal kind of – maybe coincidentally, maybe not, both have kind of a very similar thing with Toontown and Nintendo World, with Mickey's Runaway Railway – god, that's hard to say – and with like Bowser's Challenge, the Mario Kart ride in that they're both these colorful, over-exaggerated, like exaggerated, super like lively-feeling experiences where you walk in and these like cartoony worlds you're used to are like larger than life and right in front of you could like, go into – Roger Rabbit's house. You could like, go into a warp pipe or you can, you know, you see enemies moving around. You see the fountain with Mickey and Minnie dancing. Like, it, it's very, like, the parallels and the color palettes and the size even are actually quite similar. And then both of them have a ride that do this projection mapping stuff that are quite similar. And they're taking a very chaotic over-the-top thing, you know, cartoons with all their zaniness or Mario Kart, and they're using projection mapping to bring it to life in this like very digital meets physical way, and they both do it very well in their respective ways. I personally lean more towards Mario Kart, um, just because I love the frenzy of it all. But I know you're saying, Angel, that even just now here on the thing a few minutes ago, that um, you prefer the Mickey one because you just get to take it all in and kind of experience it versus like trying to like play through it, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. But they're but they're kind of like very like the the, the the like underlying like thesis statement of what these two little side parks are inside their bigger theme parks are like eerily similar for coming out a month apart by probably coincidence so it's just kind of interesting to like and we experienced them a week apart so it's really interesting to be at nintendo world for a whole day and then go to toontown and just kind of be like wow this is like you know it's off in the back corner of the park just like universal it's very colorful just like with nintendo world universal like it is very the parallels are very strong it's very a bug's life and ants if you remember how close those came out and how they were, like, the same but different in a lot of ways. So you can't go wrong with either, but uh, – and Town is definitely colorful. But – and Nintendo World, to be fair, has a lot more interactive stuff, a lot more animatronic moving things in the in the outdoor areas, obviously the power band. But, like, there's definitely an overlying similarity between them that, that was interesting to experience literally a week apart, so –
0: yeah, I don't know if you're gonna go if... anywhere
2: near that with those thoughts, but that's where my head went when we were in Toontown. It was just, wow, this is like Nintendo World, but not.
0: <laughs> well, definitely curious to see how they continue to develop it. Be, develop it, even though they've been around for a long time and it's barely changed. It and that's, nice a, her, funny that's but, a funny thing. That's a
2: funny thing. I'm like comparing it to Nintendo World. If anything, Nintendo World should be compared to Toontown because Toontown came first. It's just this relaunch happened to be. Three weeks after Nintendo World relaunched so, not that, or that launched. I guess
0: they need to change. You know, it's already pretty good as it is, but, you know, I guess some fresh we paint. just want to see something different. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. literally the, the again, not to go back to those hills, the hills look so much better now, <laughs> like in Toontown. They were faded before. Now they look really vibrant and they have little Easter eggs in them
0: and yeah, it's good stuff. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what's over the hill?
2: Uh, us uh, in approximately six years. What the, does that mean? The, the Wii U and 3 eShop. Hold on. Oh, uh, yes. uh, being nope. over the hill means nope. you're 40. Or
1: what does that mean?
2: Being over the hill means you're 40. So Angel and I at least are going to be 40 in like six ish years. That's what that means? Yeah. Over the hill is a term for your 40 or over. Yeah. Which is silly because like most people's median age is now like 50, not 40. It's like 45 maybe. So it should be higher, but that's what that means. Interesting. I am never
0: going over the hill.
2: I that could have some dark ramifications, <laughs> to what you just said. <laughs> uh I hope
0: you make it over the hill. Well, well Actually no, in that case the thirtieth and we ship are not over the hill. They are They're just dead. Yeah. I Yet thought over the hill was dead. Rip. Yeah, no, that would be under the ground
2: if they're dead. Over the hill would be not the same. Um, But yes, the one interesting thing about us recording this not on our usual schedules. We're actually recording this about – what time is it? Uh, Four hours after that little orange guy with the tiny feet and the big smile was laid to rest, the little eShop bag man from the 3ds you know who i'm talking about that little guy that like dances around actually i don't think of he's course. technically dead i think they're animating his corpse like if you open the eShop on your 3ds i think they kind of like um do the thing where they're like playing puppeteer with the dead body like i think he still dances around when it loads but then nothing's there once it loads so yeah but it's it's yeah we we have officially said goodbye i guess to the 3ds and Wii U e-shop. Um, over a 1,000 games, I believe, between the two are simply no longer legally available to purchase wow. anywhere. I believe 500 of them or 400 of them are virtual consoles. So there's games, legacy Nintendo games, that you have no way to, again, legally uh, play, which is interesting given Nintendo now is drip-feeding you know Switch Online with maybe a game a month or three games a month. So kind of interesting. But, um, yeah, I feel like we... We kind of didn't do a like, oh, here's the games to download that a lot of different people that have podcasts and articles and stuff did. But one thing I haven't seen as many people talk about and why I wanted to bring it up is we're not just in mourning for the loss of the little orange man and his – I don't even know if he's a man. The little orange bag and his games but also the world they lived in. Like that eShop, those eShops, Nintendo doesn't have that whimsy anymore. As much. And that's something that isn't, you know, you can illegally pirate and still enjoy if you want. Um, not that we endorse piracy, but like you can't get back that kind of character that Nintendo used to have with, with the e shops. And I think, um, I think there's people that try and emulate it decently well. Uh, we talked about a while ago the play date and how I know, Angel, you weren't super sold on yours and I wasn't using mine as much as I thought. They announced a few weeks ago something called Catalog, which is their own little shop of curated games. And. Huh. Among other things, one, you when you get a new game, just like, just like with the first season, it's a little gift you open, just like Nintendo used to do. But the fun one is when you <laughs> want to buy a game, you crank. <laughs> oh,
0: oh, the way Nintendo used to.
2: Like Nintendo used to do. Ah, oh, yeah, the good old the days. But no, to yeah. buy a game, you crank the crank, which is the most Nintendo thing Nintendo themselves have never done. <laughs> like, it's just such a, like, silly way to buy a game, but it's so Nintendo. And I feel like, you know, we lost that's what we're losing with the eShop closing on those two systems is we're losing the jazzy elevator music we're losing the little download bar that isn't just a download bar but it's mario running around and occasionally it's some other character or it's you know the little bad guy doing his dance or we're losing like the whimsy of it all for something that obviously is a little more standard which makes sense because you know this isn't like novel for nintendo anymore when they first did the Wii shop, and if you move on to like the e shop and the on the previous Wii, like for them, it was still new, it was still fresh. They still were like, Look how Nintendo y it is. Now it'd be like, you know, can you imagine if Nintendo's like, Hey, every time you boot up your system, we're gonna do a little song and dance just because like we're Nintendo. Like, you'd be like, No, it's okay, just boot the system. So that's partly why I don't think it's there anymore. It's just so standard now. But it was a big part of like Nintendo's identity with those consoles, and that whimsy's kind of gone. So that's really what I'm I'm mourning here is, is for lack of a better word, is. We lost the whimsy. I would love to see for the Switch successor if they bring it back a little. Yeah, I mean it it is kind of sad in a way. We lost whimsy with Nintendo in a lot of ways because we didn't just lose it with like the eShop music or like the little dancing orange guy. We lost it in even how they market. I mean think about – and this isn't necessarily like a uh, knock against them. But think about their marketing in that era of Wii U and 3DS versus their marketing now. It was so like personality driven. It felt very personal. You know, it was like Miyamoto and Iwata and Reggie. And they were doing silly memes and they were being like whatever. But it felt like they had a closer connection with fans. Now it's a lot more corporate, a lot more stagnant, a lot more like the big message because they're try- or pushing the message because they have a much bigger audience, right? So like, you know, the people that were into the weird quirky Nintendo or the diehard fans, I don't know if – random Joe who bought their Switch to play Witcher 3 on the go, for example, is going to be like, oh, that Miyamoto's so silly. Oh, Iwata's is holding a banana. No way. Like they wouldn't appreciate it in the same way. So I get why it's standardized now.
0: I think the fact that like, even know it, who Miyamoto and Iwata are. Yeah, exactly. Is. Well,
2: Miyamoto has sort of transcended. I think he has the advantage of being like the video game godfather at this point in, in public conscious. Um,
0: so you're telling like, it'll me be really interesting. I could go up to anybody and ask him, hey, do you know who Miyamoto is? Not and anybody, but
2: I would bet you more people would would actually – anyone that, like, <laughs> follows gaming might actually know. I mean, he –
0: Okay, there you I go. I think he's going to be – Anyone that follows what? gaming.
2: Yeah. But I don't mean, like, Nintendo fans specifically. That's what I'm saying. Like, anyone who fo- – like, I don't know. I guess my point is that, like, we <laughs> – like, the, the, this. the closing of the eShop is kind of like the end of a certain – chapter of nintendo that was already on the downward trend like you know we haven't seen this kind of whimsy from Nintendo in a while but like this was sort of like the period at the end of the sentence so yeah. just kind of interesting to like see it go and I, I was starting to say i think switch too like if they bring back a little you know maybe have some fun progress bar animations or maybe bring back some jazzy music you don't need to go all in and you certainly, if you're a Nintendo, don't need to go back to the way you browse those old shops because, oh, my God, I haven't—I didn't go back and browse stuff. I was watching people's videos of recommendations and someone was going through the 3DS's, like, carousel for buying things and shopping. One, it's so slow. And two, it's just so inefficient. Like, those interfaces are not good shopping interfaces, but they were fun. And if they can capture a little of that fun with some music or a download progress product, like I was saying, like, sure, do that in the Switch 2. Why not? But – yeah, I think there, there's, like, they were very much rocks of their era, and that era of Nintendo doesn't really exist anymore. So it's just kind of weird to see it just, like, that was, like I said, the period at the end of the sentence. It's kind of weird to just see it end like that. So that's why I wanted to talk about it and to say goodbye to our little orange bag friend who never had a name. Oh, and the bunny Aww. from Badge Arcade. He's also gone now. And the swap note lady, Nikki. There's a lot of things that I just realized, like, don't exist anymore. Remember when the guy from Pushmo Mallow was gonna be like a character for intent, or Dylan from Dylan Drawing Western? Where'd those characters go? Like, all of it's just gone. Literally, just
0: evaporated. <sighs> it's weird to think about. Yeah, and a little depressing, but you know, we yeah. gotta we gotta carry on. We gotta Watch forge through. through. Yeah. Gotta push through. Yeah. yeah, push through. Just how Pushmo would. All just right. like Mallow well, would.
2: R.I.P. Yeah. Mallow. R.I.P.
0: All right, well, I guess that leaves us with the house cleaning then. House cleaning? Housekeeping? House... Housekeeping. All right, we'll go with yours. Um, all right, Jason if you would. <laughs> oh, um we're back to me. Oh, okay. Um
2: one of our shorter episodes, I just noticed. Okay, yeah, our uh, we're done for today. <laughs> our next episode will be in two weeks. Um, That one's going to be a lot more meaty, I suspect, because we got the Mario movie. We got the Tetris movie. We got the Zelda. By the time you're watching or listening to this, Nintendo will have shown, like, actual gameplay details about Zelda. We may talk about it in a couple of weeks. Who knows? But to make sure you don't miss any of that, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Um amazon music tune in uh youtube our channel there is at ram nintendo and that is also our twitter handle at ram nintendo where you can also follow us to make sure you don't miss anything um individually we are on the twitters as well i am jsr7 kevin is kvngomi and angel is wero which is w-e-i-r-o underscore o and i occurred it occurred to me after we recorded all last episode i left out the underscore o when i said your name first time i've ever done that so, wow. if anyone's following a Wero that doesn't have an underscore o <laughs> not the right guy, and we are not responsible for ever good or bad content he's posting, so just gotta put that legal disclaimer out there, but yeah, I think that's about it in terms of house uh as you called it uh cleaning
0: yeah, hey, i like to keep it tidy uh, all right, I guess uh Kevin, you got a final word Stop
1: playing leech.